Welcome to Final Fantasy Weekly. I'm Drew Creaseman. And I'm Ira Creaseman. And on this episode, we continue our conversation on Final Fantasy Tactics. When last we left our hero, Ramza had been reunited with family, some in a good way and some in a very frustrating way, after a fight with his older brother, but the middle brother of the group, Zalbog, where Ramza was imploring him to end the war and getting nowhere. He was on his way out and was accosted in the best way possible uh, by his sister. In all the ways you've been accosted in this story. <laughs> it's one of the good ones. And so Alma Beov was imploring her brother to take her with him as she no longer felt safe around her brothers and with everything going on. And then their hands are basically forced as they were attacked by inquisitors and in fighting them off together even deeper ramza has branded himself a heretic and now alma as well and even then ramza's not sure he's going to take his sister with her but once she says i know about these zodiac stones i've seen one before and i think i have the only way to help you get back into the orbone monastery where there's another one you have to take me with you I understand that Ramza is not, uh, you know, in, in the context of the world, he's not a video game character. He's a real person. He's never played an RPG before. He does not understand that being with the PC party <laughs> is probably one of the safest places to be. But right. it still kind of frustra me, frustrates me because even though his situation is dangerous with everything he has seen, I would at least want to keep the people who are important to me with me so that I can better protect them as opposed to assuming that they're going to be safe in any way inside of castle walls, especially with these duplicitous older brothers. Like, we know how these people work. Why is she going to be safe here? Yeah, I think it probably, if anything, I mean, obviously it's a little bit of misogyny, and we've talked before about how a lot of our Final Fantasy heroes have to overcome this, you know, desire that one of the things that makes them heroic is their need to protect people, but sometimes your desire to protect someone overcomes your willingness to understand their own agency and their own freedom to decide how they wish to be protected and, and what they want to do in life, and especially when it comes to women and younger women. So I think there's all of that. But I also think it kind of goes back to, as we've talked about, how Ramza was raised, right? As much as he's breaking free from this idea that nobility means everything and all of that, he still does probably have this innate belief that if you're behind castle walls you're safer and more often than not you probably are but as you described the specific situation she isn't necessarily so this is probably one of his kind of innate biases still having grown up a noble we open this segment of the story back at orbone and before we dive directly into what happens i really love the structure of this because this is like the third time now we're returning back to this original scene of the crime, where, right, where Delita kidnapped Princess Ovelia, where the story began, and we kind of got back there after getting a little preamble. And now we've returned, and even though we've seen this place two times before, we... I didn't know, Ira, on my original playthrough, I remember being shocked there was more than just that one floor. There was just, like, the church, right. the, the one room, and... All of a sudden, we're about to discover, and I think it's a great metaphor for this game, and, and a lot of great storytelling as well, but surely as we get deeper and deeper 
into the maze as more things reveal themselves. There's much more under the surface, right? The old iceberg analogy. And so as we return back to this place, we find things were far more complex than we knew the first couple of times we were here. So as Ramza and Alma, and don't forget Ramza's very trusty band of light warrior Final Fantasy Tactics heroes, who presumably have also been branded heretics, by the way. They're in this too. Oh, sure. Yeah, so <laughs> Mustadio Agreus and all the, right. the, the, the people we've brought along the way. Who have names, by the way. It's like Alicia and Lad and something else. But they, right. there's no storyline thing. It's just those are the uh, default names of the cadets who were with you from the beginning. Right. And you can get a lot of them, and there's a lot of built-in names. You can also rename them, of course. In the early days, I would do all kinds of stuff. Anymore, when I replay this game, they're all other Final Fantasy heroes. I, I can't remember if we've talked about this before or not. But, you know, if I've got one that's going to do a lot of offensive magic that's going to be vv you know my nice yeah you know defensive magic character is oftentimes yuna or Aerith or something like that so I, I enjoy doing that little crossover so as they arrive it's clear that there has been an attack things are in disarray and elder simon remember elder simon from the very first scene of the game is collapsed on the floor and alma rushes to his aid yeah and and there's a bunch of there's like two or three other people in white robe mages also collapsed. Right. So anyone else who, you know, could have helped here. And Simon is a bit surprised to see them, but Alma, you know, gets to the heart of the matter. What what happened here? She asks. And he says, you must leave this place at once, child. It is not safe. Men have come seeking the stone. The stone. She was right. She did see a stone here. Indeed. And so Ramza gives his sister the credit. It is as Alma said. Simon, even in his spoilers, you know, near final moments here, <laughs> still right. serving as an educator and a, a passer on of the wisdoms, gives a, a lesson here. He says, The Virgo stone is one of the crown jewels of Ivelisse. It was given into our keeping when Lady Ovelia was brought here for her fosterage as proof of her royalty. So this isn't just a zodiac stone. This is a politically important zodiac stone. Right, right. So they were, you know, whomever is putting together this plot, the council, I guess, is willing to give up one of the zodiac stones, which means very little to them other than it just being a, a royal gem, as proof of this false Olivia's realness, as her legitimacy, which is interesting. Because it's not like she said, oh, I'm coming to your monastery, and just so you know who I am, here's a royal gem. Like she was a, a child at the time, maybe even a baby. So yeah, it, it's interesting that, like we said, they are so dead set on the royalty meaning everything, except that they're absolutely willing to break the rules, bend the rules, reveal that it's all bullshit when it's to their benefit. Right. And the oligarchy is... Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So Simon actually recognizes Ramza from their encounter before and recognizes that he is Alma's elder brother and begs him not to fight because he says they will only cut you down. Again, I guess Simon, not a big video gamer, uh, doesn't understand that 
Ramza has the power of the game player in his corner. Right, right. The, <laughs> the hand of fate, as we've mentioned in Indeed. in other episodes. Also, this just reeks of if you just do what the bully says, they'll stop punching you. Right. So Ramza, teaching us one of the lessons that Final Fantasy heroes often do, says, nope, got to go after them. They hear a voice from the floor below. Again, I was like, oh, there are floors down there? <laughs> how, how deep does this thing go? And we hear a man's voice say, where's the bloody stone? And a second man says, patience, it's here somewhere. We need only look harder. And the third guy says, come, this leads to the lower vaults. I can't do the voice, sorry. <laughs> but that's where it is. Uh, so that's where we need to go, right? Thank you. And then we shout down, thanks for the exposition through dialogue. We are on our way to kick your ass. <laughs> Before we can head off into the tactical battle sequences, we have to get a little more lesson from Simon. We're not done yet. The, the, the elder is lying and dying on the floor and has some important mm-hmm. shit to say. So, so is this, uh, in this context, is he our Bugenhagen? Right. In this moment, absolutely. Right. And he says, Hi, Confessor Marcel. Okay. Important name. Again, we have to we have to signpost the important ones. A lot of names. Important. Hi, Confessor Marcel and his followers seek to restore the church to prominence. As a first step, they have set Dukes Larg and Goltana against one another to whittle down their military might. Remember, we began last episode with a casualty report. Tens of thousands dead and hundreds of thousands wounded, which is apparently what the High Confessor wanted, specifically just to whittle down their military might. He says, the longer the fighting lasts, the weaker the Dukes become, and the more the people lose their faith in the crown. It's not a bad plan. (laughs) I mean, it is a bad plan, but it's... Right, it is the plan a of a bad plan. guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ramza says, and by gathering the stones, re- reviving the Zodiac Braves, what do they hope to gain from such a show? And Simon says, the support of the people, of course. Yeah, he's not exactly blind to the politicking here, which is interesting because, especially early on, I saw him as, you know, we saw the church as a third party, but I saw him as like sort of, you know, once we know, oh, the church is corrupt. Well, you know, Elder Simon is still a, a good guy, right? He's still ones, innocent right? and pure, yeah. but not blind to the politicking. And <sighs> yeah, well, then we'll dive deeper into that in just a second. But Ramza, you know, isn't really buying it. He's like, I because I saw the cardinal use the stone and it turned him into a giant monster. So. If they're going to use that kind of power, it's the power that could rival that of any army, he says. They seek that strength, do they not? Like, it's not about wanting the people to like them. That's not what these stones do, is what Ram's saying, basically, right? Like, if that's what they told you, or if that's what you believe, or if even that's what they believe, because... You know, well, well, we'll get into a little deeper. Not everyone knows what the stones actually do. <laughs> Right. I'm not sure everybody in the church who's trying to gather them knows right. at this point, right? Like, it, it might be that some of them believe that by gathering the Zodiac Bravestones, oh, look, we now have the, the artifacts of the hero. We have whatever, the, the, the cup of Christ, the whatever else right. thing. So 
Simon gives him one of these. You know, you are the spitting image of your Lord Father. One of the, uh, uh, and says, you are not uh, like your brothers. Gives him that too. Like, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> right, but, but it is good to know because the brothers order the death of Titra and gather right. armies to, to consolidate power. Right. And are unconcerned with the starving citizens and so on and so forth. So it is nice for somebody else to recognize, yeah, actually, you're probably doing the right thing. Right. Now, this decision I do get. Ramza decides to leave Alma with Simon because he's still alive at this point. He's just sort of falling unconscious. And Ramza needs to pursue the attackers and do, you know, make, go after that stone and make sure that it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. But. You can't just leave this guy here to die on his own. So leave the healer the, with him. Like, this makes sense to me. So Alma stays with Elder Simon. Ramza goes catacomb diving. Spelunking for pork rinds. <laughs> it's the wrong podcast. <laughs> uh, but before he can go catacomb diving, he hands aside his valuables, knowing he's about to go into battle. He actually gives... Both of the Zodiac stones that they already have, remember Mustadio and his father had one, and they gave the Cardinal a false one, and the Cardinal already had one, which we took when we murdered him in cold blood, branding that ourselves not heretics what happened. of the church. <laughs> of the all-good and all-knowing omniscient church. And so, <laughs> Ramza oh, leaves dear. the stones with her. And he says to her, you know, if I fail, throw them in the ocean. And she says, it pains me that I cannot do more in times like this. How I wish I'd been born a man like you. And and that just goes to show, you know, the the stratification of male and female in this world. Uh, and then they never get into, you know, it's just the binary as far as uh, sure. Final Fantasy Tactics seems to be concerned. In fact, there are some classes that can only be male or female. Right. But just that gender identity is so confining if you are not a man. Yeah. And that it, it pushes people to wish they had been born differently than they were. Right. Uh, and that is that is an interesting commentary, I think. Yeah. So as we proceed to the lower vaults of the Orbon Monastery, we are introduced, Ira, to a new character. We needed more. This is not the yeah, last not time. Yeah, not nearly like, enough yet. Yeah. <laughs> and it is the Knight Templar Isilude? Isilude? Uh, I would say Isilude. Isilude. Who is uh, apparently in charge of this little excursion. <laughs> and is telling people, you know, bossy language. Put this over there. Hold the passage door. Open that door. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> right, right. Man in charge. Yeah. And, you know, Ramza comes upon them and decides it's gotta, we got to take him out. They cannot be allowed to take the stone. Isalud kind of sends some men after Ramza heads off to get the stone while they're engaged and says, So this is Virgo. What a beautiful maiden she is. Weird. Right. A bit right. weird. Because well, in, in, in the Zodiac, right, in the Western Zodiac, Virgo the Virgin, typically right. depicted as a as a woman. Right. Not so far from the commentary you were just making about Alma and the... Yeah, interesting, right? Right. So 
Ramza and his team are just sort of fighting through all of these soldiers and, and going down further into the catacombs. You, you go another level, basically following the voice of Izalud and getting closer, and you hear him turn and say, The mongrel follows our scent. Because, you know, Ramza's a crossbreed. <laughs> his, yeah. his mother was not of noble blood. Yeah. And then he says, perhaps it is for the best heretic. I shall have the stones you carry. I mean, they're after stones. He, now it's good. And Ramza doesn't have them right now. So right. <laughs> gave him the Alma. Good call. Ramza, as we've talked about before, still workshopping his trash talk is, is a decent one. Not his best, yeah. not his worst. Just goes with, you will have an offer of mercy and not more. Lay down the stone you've taken and you may flee with your lives. Straight to the point. Yep. You know, fair. And he says, and Isolude says, I've no more need for mercy than you. If you want the stone, come and claim it. See, bad guys are still just a little sharper right now. So, of course, there's a back and forth because it's a video game. There's a fight. And because it's Final Fantasy Tactics, there was a conversation during the fight. (laughs) I love these things. I've come to really enjoy, like, how... Like, I'm not sure entirely in Matsuno's head, like, what this looks like if done in a more realistic setting and maybe that's not important maybe this is a type of storytelling mechanic you can only do during battles that pause and that's why he tells a decent amount of the story this way because it wouldn't really translate to reality but it's not real is it it's fantasy so anyway Isolude asks why do you persist in this fool resistance Ramza you are a bailiff why do you not heed your brother's counsel why so yeah, they're, they're still trying to, on the one hand, he's a mongrel. On the other hand, why do you just not get it? It's like, no, he does get it. You're just a classist butt face. I love this response. Whatever criticisms I had from a moment ago, this is a good clapback. Ramza says, it is because I am Baelv, I do not heed them. The Baelv name stands for truth and justice in the Evolution way. It's, <laughs> That's right. Excuse me. It is not a tool to be used for selfish gain. The name Baelv is not. He's saying, My lord father fought and died defending our people against Ordalia in the Fifty Years' War. House Baelv cannot now turn on its purpose and fight for the interests of a corrupt crown and self-serving aristocracy. Excellent. Hear, hear. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like you just alluded to. It's a lot like the symbol of... Superman or or any of those superheroes really who stand up for the common folk. We you know people like to to make fun of the scene from I can't remember which Zack Snyder movie it was, but where he says, you know, it's not an S. I get that it looks like an S uh to people who read English, but it is the house of L. It is that symbol and that symbol is meant to represent hope. And so that's why I wear it the way I do. Uh and I I really uh you know, it's, it's the same sentiment, and I like that sentiment, that if if you take up this name, if you take on this symbol, what you are doing is saying, I am going to seek truth and justice and the Beluvian way. Now, Ira, we get to play another round of how high on his own supply, how much of a true believer, what level of cynicism does Isolude have? 
Here is his response. Here is his plea to Ramza Bayov in its entirety. Because after saying, hey, I, I fight for truth, justice, and the Evolution and or Bayovian way, Izalud says, then let it, let it fight for ours. Let your name fight for our cause. Because what we wish for is the same. Hear me, Ramza. The Church of Globados envisions a world devoid of class divides. A world where all men can live as equals. But not Ex women. Whoa. That's the, whoa, whoa, I'm going to read the rest of this, but can we pause for a minute and say no one has said anything close to this so far. Like, I'm on board with that, but though it's like the lady says from Hamilton, I'm going to convince them to put women in the sequel. Yeah, right. Totally, right. This is this is definitely like a, envisioning a world way, way beyond where they're at right now, right? Right. But, he continues, St. Ajora, humbly. <laughs> spoke yep. of such a utopia. It is the promised land he foretold. Capitalized, by the way, Final Fantasy VII lovers. Promised land. We got another one of these. He says, Fear and doubt worry the hearts of the people, leaving small room for fealty. You see this. Evilis lists. Oh. It says, Evilis lists Ramza and threatens to founder. Should we fail to write her course, this storm will claim her. What do you think? I think that Islut, I mean, this speech feels to me like the speech of a true believer. Yeah. I, I feel like, because I mean, for one thing, he's not wrong. Like, we are convinced by, oh, equality? Yes, absolutely. But and again, they are a third party. They don't fight for one person to rule them all right an ideology and one that we have seen both literally and figuratively has been corrupted but there is some truth to what he's saying about like the the globados church is less tied to country than you know the rest of this other stuff it's interesting right <laughs> it is and and i do think that again there's merit to the speech my guess is, especially for what we've seen in the story up to now, we've just met this guy, that Islud, at least, is is buying into it, that he believes that this is that this is what the church actually wants, or at least what part of the church actually wants. But he's also willing to, like, kill Elder Simon and these other priests in order to get the Virgo stone. So right. that does kind of, I don't know, temper that to some degree. So Ramza goes back to his working thesis, which is, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. The, the church is causing all of this destruction. Like, you are the one churning the waves right now. You're, you're out here about stopping the storm, but you churn the waves, he says. You orchestrate this entire conflict. You claim war to be the proper course for Ivalice, like you were just saying. Like, okay, even right. if I agreed with your ends, I cannot agree with your means. And, and to your point about Ramza's trash talk, he does do a good job of picking up on the other person's metaphor and running with it. True. Yeah. Yeah. Go, <laughs> turning the waves there is nice, right? And here's another not too terrible ploy. Isolude says, now we, we do this thing again. Change does not come without cost. So we're back to omelets and eggs and, right. and all of that sacrifice. But who's sacrificing? Well, whomever we choose, of course. Right, right. But he, now this is interesting. He says, speaking of Hamilton, a revolution requires martyrs. 
and we require revolution. The crown is rotten, the nobility corrupt. They must be made to pay. The people deserve their justice. Help us deliver it to them, Ramza. Join us as your once friend Delita has. I almost joined oh. right there. I almost joined up right then and there. Yeah. <laughs> like, fine, okay. <laughs> and we, we've talked about how we think Delita's probably in the right for most of this. Right. It's like, wait, he's with the church? Right. Well, he's hmm. working with the Templars part of the church. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. But again, bunch of true statements in a row. The crown is rotten. The nobility is corrupt. They must be made to pay. The people deserve their justice. Right, like, right. But he also kind of wants to make martyrs out of some of these people. Like, I don't yeah. think he thinks he's going to be a martyr. And that's why Ramza says, were it justice you desired? He's getting better in real time because he's because it's getting realer. <laughs> This is more than trash talk. He's setting he's setting this ideology straight. Were it justice you desired, says Ramza Bale, I would gladly help you see it done. But what you truly want is power. Power beyond that of any army. You would free the people only to enslave them anew with the demonic power of the stones. Yeah. Because again, he knows and he's seen it. And this is where we get back to the, what does Isolude know? What doesn't he say? Demonic power. The Zodiac stones are vessels for the gods. We would use their divine miracles to guide the people to greater glory. There is nothing demonic in that. Yeah, which would suggest true believer. Yeah, I think so. Which makes him a more tragic figure. Right. And Ramza is again trying to basically say, I have seen this. He says, few would consider it divine miracle when a man is made a demon. Or do you pretend not to know that their power transformed the cardinal into Lukavi? Islu said, what nonsense is this? The only demon I see stands before me. It's one of the problems with uh, working so much on faith and belief right here. Right just got confronted with some evidence. Now it's, you know, Ramza didn't have data and DNA, didn't bring out the CSI kit here. Right, right. Well, and so for for the true zealot, right, any evidence you bring to right. show that they're that they're in a cult or whatever is just, is just counter evidence. Right. But that just shows that you don't get it. Right. So he says, you were the one who murdered the Cardinal for the stones. Not that he would have long lied gathering the stones behind our backs as he was. Oh, so you weren't. Right. So you knew the cardinal was up to nefarious stuff, and you weren't happy with that either. Again, so, yeah. So Delacroix, he's living in here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, because he was just accusing the the church of being rotten. But if he thinks that Delacroix, you know, is is plotting against the Templars, yeah. You know, he because because Delacroix was just going to let Duke and Larg fight it out also. But that's also the Templars' plan. So when it's our plan, it's fine. But you right. are are trying to gather the stones without talking to the Templar. Therefore, you're corrupt. And again, it's that zealotry problem. Yeah. So Ramza and Isolude duel, and Isolude is wounded in battle. He says, I will not be bested by this heretic, nor will I risk death for honor here. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. where will you risk death mm. for honor? Mm. Mm. This is delivering the stone is of far greater import. Know this, Ramza, the day of our next meeting will be your last. And then he pulls the bad guy move of Final Fantasy Tactics and teleports out of there. Apparently only the bad guys. It must be a dark force <laughs> maneuver or something. Like only people tapped into the dark side of the force yeah. can teleport yeah. away from these I battle think, scenes. 
time mages get to teleport eventually? I, I think you're right, actually. But <laughs> so. but there's not a... I mean, it's not implied... Whatever. I don't need to get too much into the game mechanics here. <laughs> so Ramza and team have to chase back up the stairs now, go all the way back up through the catacombs. And when they arrive at the top level, they are greeted by a familiar face. Tis our old friend, Wygraf wearing new clothes. He's, he's now wearing the attire of the Church of the Knights Templar and no longer the Corpse Brigade. And remember last we saw him, he was being recruited by somebody. Now we know where he was being recruited to. So Wygraf and Dilalita are now on the same team. It would right. seem. And again, two people we've had far more respect for than just about anybody else in the story. Well, right up until this point, because then Wygraf orders Isolude to take the girl, speaking of Alma, and go. Yeah, and he was really against the kidnapping of Titra. He really was. Now that he's now that he's got the uh, power for himself, right? Yeah, well, he's with the people who are about making martyrs of others. So, yeah. There you go. So Isolude rides off with Alma as the team confronts Wygraf, who says, Ah, so Ramza Baelv is here. Do not be deceived by his youth, he says to his own combatants. He says he is a worthy foe. Gird yourselves well for battle. I love that moment of respect from Wygraf, having seen Ramza in battle before, and we've seen other people underestimate him, uh, most notably, why do I want to say Ganondorf so bad? Ganondorf. Most notably, most notably Gaff Garion, you know, and it may have even ended up being his undoing. And so we see here Wygraf tell his people, do not underestimate the 18-year-old prodigy that's about to walk in here and fight us. And then he says under his breath to himself, Meluda, you will soon be avenged. I mean, we did kill his sister. We did. And it, it didn't feel good at the time, and it especially doesn't now. But yeah. also, it's, it's worth remembering that part of this story is about the consequences of just following orders. And so when Ramza finally sees him, he says, Wygraf, you live. And Wygraf says, I have lived for this, Ramza. How long has it been since last we met? And as much as Ramza maybe shouldn't be the one making this point, because again, they have a history here. He's not wrong when he says, then you were a warrior who fought to make your dream a reality. Now, you are only a thrall of the church. Yeah, but at the time, Ramza, you were a thrall of the northern sky, so... Yeah. Oh, and Wygraf. These people are great at speeches. Have we mentioned how good the writing is in in a while? (laughs) We should bring it up now and again. Yeah. Wygraf says, What troubled sleep have you known to speak of my dreams? No matter how sweet, a dream left unrealized must fade into day. Only with power, there's that word again, can dreams be made real. I see the truth of it now. What good dreams without that power? You think me a thrall? So be it. Your envenomed words succor me. For when at last you yield, as you must, their poison will consume you. Bro, just... (laughs) Yeah. Pretty wow. good. If Pretty I was Ramza at this point, I would just say, "I uh, sorry, man. <laughs> Let's just fight." Because yeah, uh, yeah. He's lost the promo battle, and and that's not far from Delita's speech, right? Endeavor. It's not right. endeavor. Power. 
is what makes it so that you can get the thing done. Yeah. Ramza goes with an interesting uh, tactic here, so to speak. <laughs> he says, I pity you, Wygraf. Even as a man of broken dreams, you might still have been remembered fondly. Your ideas lifted the people, showed them the cracks in the age-old facade of this aristocracy. You acted upon your convictions, and so ennobled those actions. But what would the people think now? What would Meluda and your fallen friends think of this barter you've struck? Dreams built on borrowed stone are defiled before they are made. Man. Yeah, I mean... I got nothing. I don't, I don't know what else to say here. <laughs> and one more, because Wygraf, like you said, it's, the promo battle was already over, but Wygraf has to get the last word here and, and remind him of the central thesis, for him at least, which is, what have you done that did not rely on the labors of others? From birth, you have wanted for nothing. You cannot know what it is to live the meager life we do. Reasons may trick you to believe you do, but your heart can never know. Harsh is the world in which we live, harsher still than you can imagine. You have neither right nor reason to pour scorn on me. Which is kind of where I started, right? Ramza's correct in what he's saying. And if you or I or almost anybody else was saying this to Wygraf, what have you become? What would Maluda think? you know, of this barter you've made. Now you've decided the ends do justify the means when you were so honorable before. But Wygraf isn't going to hear it from this one person who, yeah, killed his sister, but also when he was, like you said earlier, Ira, a thrall to nobility himself. And so, you know, Ramza doesn't get to preach to Wygraf, who has lived this remarkably difficult life where Ramses has only become hard in the last couple of years. Yeah, it's not it's not that he's wrong, but he does like you said, he does not get to preach. He needs to come at it from the direction of I was, you know, I was part of this problem and I'm trying to rectify what me and mine have have wrought. And I and Ramza really should not be talking down to people who are doing what he did not that long ago, even though like it, right. it wasn't really Ramza's fault. He was born to it. it he, was, he was raised to it. But he, sh- he also needs to recognize that privilege. Okay, so we've got privilege, class, politics, the crown, the Knights Templar of the church, and now we're going to shift genres again. <laughs> right, right. This political drama is also a, a horror movie. Don't it's forget. It's body horror and death and demons and ooh. So after a bit of back and forth, and again, Ram's a very good in battle, wounds Wygraf, who reveals, you have not won because I hold the Zodiac Stone Ares, and I will not fall so easily. And then he teleports himself outside into the very first scene from the game just outside the church onto that kind of stone I guess patio no <laughs> it's not a restaurant <laughs> uh, courtyard perhaps yeah um, like a stone courtyard area plaza right kids run through the city corner right and so now Ramza is 
you know, showing some real concern for Wygraf here. He's, you know, he's just like, come on, man. Like, oh, it didn't have to be this way. We go outside, we get this quick interaction between Isolude, who is apparently still running away <laughs> with, right. with Alma. Fair enough. So he's got, uh, he's on a chocobo, right? And he's got right. Alma tied up and slung over the back. So that's the uh, second young woman who's been right. kidnapped from this monastery. Right. And, and presumably that means he's got the stones that Ramza had recovered, plus Virgo, which he took from the catacombs. And now we know that uh, Wygraf's got Ares. So the Templar have four stones now? Yeah. And, you know, we were asking, we were, we were being very harsh, and I think fairly harsh on Ramza for, you know, being overly protective of Alma. But this is now the third time that a young woman in his general proximity has been kidnapped with Titra, Ovelia, and now Alma. So it's like, yeah, understandable. And she does get kidnapped. So this is exactly what he didn't want to happen, you know. So there is that, at least. I guess I, I, I can say. So Ramza arrives on the scene just as Isolude is speeding off. And Wygraf is, like, coughing blood all over the courtyard. It's actually, yeah. even in its primitive graphics, pretty jarring to see the blood on the ground. And Wygraf is you know, coughing and wheezing and says, Is this how it ends? I have failed Maluda. Failed them all. You know, like... I guess he's seeing that Ramza is maybe right about that part. I, Except just wrong messenger. <laughs> yeah. And maybe he's getting it, but... Then the stone falls out of his robes and suddenly rises into the air. And, to the shock of everybody in the room and at home, it begins to speak. Yeah. This is wild. So this is like, I mean, but we've seen this before, right? In Final Fantasy VI, Stone spoke to us more than once. But this one is slightly different. Yeah. So I'll do my best Zodiac Stone voice. Wait, this is Ares? I don't know. How is Ares? That's going to be, okay. So I do typ <laughs> too typical? No, no. <laughs> God Stone Bearer, with me now do treat. Ramza's like, what? Has an April O'Neil <laughs> moment. It talks? Right. And the stone says, God stone bearer, with me now do treat your spirit and my flesh as one shall merge. Life undying yours forevermore. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the uh, the case you make to to someone in this position, right? You're dying, you haven't finished what you want to do. I can give you more life, not to mention my power, the power of a god. It's a strong case. Yeah. And then he goes right to the heart of it. He, I guess, Ares. I'm uh, not not necessarily, but says your ire and your despair. Their call I heed, and so once more I ask, with me, now do treat. It's like, well, I've got plenty of ire and despair. <laughs> Let's do it. And he utters his fateful words, help me, I beg you. 
And actually, right as that pops up, this is interesting. We've talked about in other things, uh, you know, overlapping conversation, like in movies and television and stuff. And multiple characters are talking at once, which is kind of hard to do in these old games that it's all through text. But both text boxes pop up at the same time. So right as Wygraf is saying, help me, I beg you, Ramza screams out, Wygraf, no, it means to deceive you. But he's literally saying it at the same time, so it's too late. And the stone, you know, goes bloopy 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 bloop, shwang 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 shwang. Those are some excellent special effects. Well done. Thank you. And like the cardinal before him, Wygraf is transformed. This time into the Gigas, Belias. I have been named. Your plea to answer now, my only wish. All right. Yeah, but that's that's bullshit, right? The, <laughs> I, am, I, mean, I am yours to command. Your wish is my command is nonsense, right? That's not what the Lukavi are here for. They're not here to serve the people, much yeah. like the church or the Templars or the northern or southern sky aren't here to serve the people. Everyone is just taking advantage of everyone else. That's what this whole game is about. So we get this interesting back and forth because you can tell that there's sort of two people inside of Belias the Gigas right now because it wonders aloud, is this the, the wonder of the Orosite? Roms is like, like, why, Graf? <laughs> you, you in there, buddy? <laughs> and then it responds, Magnificent, the power of the gods. Nay, not only power, so much more. Sights unknown I see. My mind a vessel filled with wisdom of a thousand years. Power! <laughs> Ultimate power! <laughs> right, exactly. And then it teleports away. And I was very much ready for a battle here. <laughs> right. I assumed we were going to, because we just fought Kukulain in the uh, Cardinal's chambers. I, I assumed we would fight Belias, the, the Ares Stone. Right. But no, it, it teleports away and leaves Ramza to tend back to the Elder, who is hanging on by a thread. Right. He had one last very important librarian duty to take care of here. <laughs> That's right. He had to check out a book, Ira. This is, yeah, this is really interesting to me. I've, I've said before, I'm a high school librarian. Uh, I have some, I've been a librarian now for over a decade. And so, yeah, I love it when part of the way to, to win the day is through information. We talked before when we did the uh, Final Fantasy uh, five episodes how I was so irritated with the people of the Fire Nation for, for walling off the, uh, the Library of the Ancients. You don't wall off knowledge just because that knowledge is telling you that your energy source is actually destroying the planet. Right. Right. You're, you know, you're going to summon X-Death. Stop using the, the Firestone. Well, Turn the no, machines and, off, yeah. Right, exactly. And so yeah. I, I really like it that Simon uses his last moments and says, I had to bring you this and hands a book to Ramza. Yeah. I also, before we want to get into the explanation of the book here, want to point out that just from a storytelling standpoint, this is so wonderful and amazing. Remember that this whole thing is a history retold, right? Our Islam, the historian, presumably from our time, quote, whatever that is, right, is telling us a history of the hero named Delita, 
that is known in this land of Ivalice. But he tells us at the very beginning of the story that the history we know is not true. And then basically says, here's the tale of this person named Ramzabaelf. So we are learning about something that most people don't know, a re-examined history. And now within that re-examined history, those people, of course, have their own history that is false or wrongly interpreted and needs to be re-examined. So I absolutely love the, the symmetry of that, the, as George Lucas would say, the rhyming poetry of it. Right? <laughs> it, it really is fantastic. And so much like other important files and books, remember we, we heard at the very beginning about the Durai papers. Now we have another important text written by a man named Germonique, one of St. Azura's disciples. It was lost for a great many years. Only recently did I discover it among the stacks of our reliquary beneath the monastery. It chronicles the true tale of the Zodiac Braves. No detail is omitted. Yeah, this is really interesting to me. First of all, how do you know that no detail is omitted? But leaving that aside for a moment, this book was almost certainly hidden here, right? Because a library... Well, I don't know how they organize and catalog the library beneath Orbone Monastery, but typically libraries are very well organized and cataloged so that you know where to find the things you want to find. For example, the Dewey Decimal System. Now, Melville Dewey was a racist and a sexist and not like somebody we should valorize, but the Dewey Decimal System is a a pretty good system, even though it's weirdly organized. But for example, I can say uh, the 800 section, right? The 800s is literature. And then 82 is British literature. And then 822 is plays, right? So now so now we're at 822, that's English drama. And then 822.3 is the Elizabethan period. And then 822.33 is specifically William Shakespeare. So if I want to find the the plays of William Shakespeare, I know exactly where to look, assuming the library follows the Dewey Decimal System and has its stuff organized, you know, has its room and its shelves organized correctly according to that system. And there are other systems. Uh, there's the Library of Congress system uh, and, and so on. But if I were to find something out of place, I would know almost immediately because I know that 200s is uh, philosophy and religion. And I know the 300s are social sciences and so on. So if I see something out of place, hey, this doesn't belong here. Where does this go? And then I can look at the the label on it and, and put it where it goes. So that would suggest to me that somebody put this here knowing that somebody who knows libraries would eventually find it. And that's that's interesting to me. Yeah. Well, and it gets to the theme of faith and knowledge, right? We were just talking about people operating on faith and rejecting the evidence in front of them. And, you know, people have been able to operate in this world and in this story in a lot of ways on faith and and get away with it and, and have it work in their favor. But I agree that the historian who wanted to make sure that you could set the record straight would make sure that whoever was in charge of it would be someone following logic, reason, their version of science, I guess, study. And yeah, that's, that's a really interesting commentary. And I don't think it's accidental that 
it's placed right here with this thing that happens next because you know Ramza's doing the the traditional thing here right save your breath you're going to tire yourself out you know save your energy elder and Simon says Ramza I am already so very tired I have lived a life of sin oh oh no maybe he knew and that's what he says and you know this is obviously a lot of real world parables here right when he says all these years i have turned a blind eye as the church rotted with corruption and you know that that sort of gets back to your thing about we've talked in this story good guys the bad guys it's far grayer in this story and while elder simon wasn't the one plotting two armies against each other and while he wasn't the one trying to gain powerful magic stones or hiding what was happening to children in the church he didn't do anything about it either that's the same guilt ramza feels right i could have done more and teacher might be alive right but he says with this book you can expose their misdeeds you can win alma's freedom ramza gives one last plea but simon he knows he's done he knows he's out even says it is done i've handed you the book my mind is now at ease right he's at least done something now i don't know if it repents but i guess better late than never it's never too late to do the right thing until it's literally too late to do the right thing so he got the book into ramza's hands he says the rest depends on you and one last time tells him you really are the very image of Barbaneth in his youth, you know. And then he dies in Ramza's arms, because this is a fun and happy game, and video games are for fun. (laughs) That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening, and thank you to everyone who's reached out to us. Feel free to let us know what we missed, got wrong, or should have mentioned by hitting us up on Twitter or Facebook at FFWeeklyPod. You can always send an email to FinalFantasyWeekly at gmail.com. But of course, the best way to get a hold of us is either right here on the Patreon site or in the private Discord channel, which of course you get access to just for becoming a member of the Patreon. If you're interested in even more super nerdy and fun content like Star Wars chat, my brother and I breaking down Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies or Zack Snyder DC movies, all that kind of stuff, fun and going on over at patreon.com slash DC Productions. Join us next time when we continue our conversation on Final Fantasy Tactics. A book, Simon says, written by a Namd, a man, a man, in a band, on the land, in the sand. <laughs>